and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I am Nick Axelrod Welk, joined, as always, by the ever-lovely, the brow of Boybrow. Annie. The brow that launched a, a thousand-person wait list. Did it really? Wasn't that, like, wasn't Glossier one of the first brands to... Like, the wait use that in marketing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they had, like... No, definitely not the first. It had to have been some... It had to have been, like, Bombus socks or, like, some, <laughs> some like, tree... tree Bombus? Pulp Bombus follows me everywhere I go on the internet. Really? Um. Anyway, Diamond Creek Bomb is who I'm joined by. You know, I've had people in my personal life reach out to me about the diamond thing. They're very confused and they're a little offended. Why? <laughs> because of, like... They don't, they don't understand, they don't get the inside joke and they think, I don't know, I don't know, it's funny, people have, like my brother was like, I don't don't understand Diamond, not to put him on blast. Um, I have a question, do any of your friends have a sense of humor? Yes. Yes. Doesn't your brother like report on like the National Institute of Security or something, like very dry? No, he covers immigration policy. Okay, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's cool. He's really, my brother is so, I was just thinking about that the other day. My brother, I really should have taken more stock at the time, but like every Friday, Saturday night, he would have movie nights where he would watch some deep cut, incredible. And these were, these were not just movies, these were films. Like he would have like, like Criterion collection. Oh, films. yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a total um, like movie buff. And I didn't give him enough credit at the time for how, cool and interesting that was i mean he's he's a brainiac he's a genius he was a a white house correspondent like he was honored at the white house correspondent dinner a few years ago and like he didn't even tell anybody in the family and next thing you know i'm like looking at a youtube video of him michelle obama being like andrew kriegbaum and him walking across the stage and like getting something from her and he was like thanks michelle i was like michelle (laughs) michelle that's incredible who knew that you were related to such um, illustrious journalists. I mean, he's the smartest person. It's crazy, but yes, very dry. I mean, you if you if you think I'm. But anyways, dry he and- does not understand. He doesn't understand diamond. And what I would say well, to I him is, I would him. I would refer him to our archives. Simply right, right. Well, he does. You he's a I mean? he's a dedicated listener. I mean, right when the episode goes up, he's like he'll text me about like something we talk about. Really, warms Can I say my one thing? Frosty heart. What? We got so many patrons who all tuned in to your apartment reveal. Even Casey <laughs> was like, do I need to subscribe to Patreon to see Annie's house tour, uh, apartment tour? And I was like, like, hell you do. I know. My mom was asking. I was like, did you, I was like, you unsubscribed from my Patreon? <laughs> she did. She did. Um, is it, should I do a house tour next time? Yes, you should. You should. I mean, I feel a little bad because... all the things that I made on Etsy? Yeah. You should... Okay, we'll do it. Well, you could do... You could split it up. You could do a video where it's all of your Etsy finds, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. actually a really good... Because you're always talking about all of your, like... All I do is make everything on Etsy. Well, you're you're making it? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you go and you find... I do both. I I find artisans and then Mm -hmm. I I collaborate with artisans. Um, to create one of one limited edition things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also will sometimes just procure something that's already been created. But I, I also I do like to collaborate. <laughs> you shop. 
<laughs> I also do shop. I um, love that I procure something that's already been <laughs> I add to cart. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, should we get into beauty news? We should. Okay. Now, I wanted just to let you know, in case you were concerned that old white men were at risk of underemployment, of being canceled. It I wanted to I wanted to assuage your assuage, assuage your fears. John Dempsey, who a few years ago made headlines for Instagramming a racist meme and like that that both that but managed to both offend everyone for whom COVID had taken a a, a toll or on whom COVID had taken a toll by making light of COVID and also was racist. It was like some right. meme that we, somehow we was both about, about COVID pod. and yeah, yeah. And use the N word or something. Oh, anyway, he was the, one of the, the chief poobahs at, um, Estee Lauder. He, um, landed a plum gig this week at El Catterton, um, which is, I want to know, is it a VC or is it a private equity company? Hold on. Or is it an arms dealer? What's the company that's the... <laughs> oh, um, the one that bought Beauty Counter. Did they buy... Be- oh, and they also bought Supreme. Is that the same company? Uh, yes, 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 yes. But that's different. Oh, okay. Than- L. Catterton is a big, pretty big deal, high-profile private equity firm. They're uh, a LVMH company. Um, they've invested in basically every brand that you can think of from Birkenstock to Ghani to SoulCycle to everything, Kopari. Anyway, okay. they have they have embraced uh, John Dempsey, formerly of Estee Lauder, with open arms as a senior advisor, which I guess to the industry, this is according to Women's Wear Daily, you know, indicates that they're sort of eyeing prestige beauty because Tom, uh, sorry, John uh, Dempsey is incredibly talented within the beauty world as sort of being able to identify trends. And he was directing a lot of the acquisitions that Lauder made and was Like he was pointing them out. He was saying, you should look at this brand. We shouldn't do this one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, he wasn't the CEO, but he think he was like the president of Estee Lauder. Um, and as part of that, he, he was really the marketing guy. Okay. Um, he was the second in command at Lauder before he was ousted. Mm -hmm. He is a prolific Instagrammer and that was what got him into trouble. Because he would like post like a zil like mm-hmm. like ten Instagrams a day. This was and like Michelle Gobert era, same thing. Right? Yes, these older men. Yes, that but were anyway, just, like, he's now been them. hired. He's now been hired by LVMH's private equity firm to advise on transactions. So he ended up in a great place. Well, justice for rich white people, because I have something I need to talk about, and that what? is the quiet luxury trend. That's it's not a over- trend. Well. It's a trend on these platforms, and Ugh, I guess because, yeah. by by nature of quiet luxury, I mean quiet luxury is basically another word for wealthy generational wealth <laughs> style. Yeah, or just like like uh, it's the opposite of new money. 
Right, old money. So it's like, you know, brands that don't have logos. It's, I even saw... Um, it's discreet. discreet. It's like discreet high fashion. It's Acris, it's Hermes, it's Max Mara. The Row, I would say. The Row. My favorite. Um, They're even co-opting it for like hair colors. I saw like a slideshow where it was like quiet luxury hair color trend, quote unquote. It was called mushroom blonde. <laughs> it's like a dirty, you know, mousy brown blonde. Oh, got it. it because it's gorgeous. like not, I mean, <laughs> it's not so gauche as to be like a bright. No, hi- we're not talking blonde. highlights. Yeah. Got there's it. no, uh-huh. there's no roots showing. This is very blended. And did this all come out of succession? I think, I think succession is what really started all of this. And it's funny too, because I have moles in the rich people world in my personal life. And it, oh, I thought <laughs> you were talking about like moles on your body. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I do where have, is this I have going? Mole, and it's on my right armpit. Oh my God, it's so cute. It's really little. Um, But no, and he, one specifically. Or she. Or she, yeah. <laughs> one of them specifically is like very upset about how everybody thinks succession is a, a great picture of the uber wealthy because, <laughs> well, first of all, they're not that witty. Uh, I don't think wealthy people are known for their wit. No. Necessarily. Anyway, but he, he was saying, you know, if you really want to know what a rich family is like, like the best, the and I agree full, fully with this, is Arrested Development. <laughs> that, that like... I mean, the I agree with that too, but, actually. Um, going back to this TikTok trend, something very uncomfortable is happening. There is a TikTok account, maybe it's also an Instagram account called Palm Beach Street Style. And it's this, you know, millennial or Gen Z woman going around and shoving her phone into these very wealth, old money, quiet wealth, you know, women's faces and having them talk about what they're wearing. And it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Like these women have never have you seen. Have you seen the trend on TikTok of like these fake setups for like, hey, how much do you make a year? And then the person will be like 300,000. And they're like, what? Will you show us your apartment? Yes. And then like, because they're like, the sure, guy. come on. But like, that's all set up, right? Obviously. Of course. Yes. Why would you let somebody off the street? I mean, somebody asked to share also a why would, if someone park the other day and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if someone like, I like won't even talk to the people who are like, do you have a minute to like solve world hunger? And I'm like, no, you know, and I'm, I'm actually let alone good. at telling someone how much I make a year or what? like how much I spend on rent. And I'm pretty friendly when people come up to me in New York because I think they look at me and they're like, oh, she's friendly looking and like she'll be nice to me. And I, a lot of people no, ask I don't me think for that's directions. What people say. I don't think, th- I don't think that people are like, you know what? Annie, that girl looks friendly. What, Nick? That's so mean. I I'm feel like you have resting bitch face. No, I'm. You think I'm, you have, a, you have I'm like, a ray of I'm like a ray of light that is just constantly strolling through. No, West you are Village. a ray of light, but I just don't think that necessarily is well, like the first. It happens probably impression. once okay. a day. Anyway. I have some okay. French woman and her daughter in New York for the first time asking for directions somewhere. And, and what then, do you say? Somebody's walking here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just Get point, out of the I way. just I just point at my earpods and, <laughs> and then flip them off and keep walking. Um, <laughs> yes. No, but this and but it really bit me in the ass the other day because this guy comes up to me and I was like, he's either very stylish or homeless. And he comes up to me and he was like, "Hi, sorry, can I ask you?" And I was like, 
yeah, what? And he was like, oh my God, thank you so much for stopping. I've been trying to ask someone like for a minute something and they like, nobody will stop. Like, you're so nice for stopping. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, do you need directions? And then he was like, well, I, and then he goes into this story about how he is, you know, he's been in New York for six months and he is homeless. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I could tell he was like, uh, going through it mentally, Mm -hmm. not all there. And then I was like, you know, I am so sorry. I'm on the way to an appointment. That was a lie. Um, I I can't stay and talk to you. Um, I know that there is, and maybe this was like the cuntiest thing to say. I was like, I know that there's a shelter on on Bowery. We were close. We were like in the neighborhood. I was like, I know that there's a shelter. And he was like, okay, that is like the worst one that you could recommend. (laughs) And then he goes, you're a fucking cunt. And then starts screaming at me. And I was like, oh, this is why. This is why it's so hard to like be the nice person. You know what I mean? I was like, and it was really, it was the first time I've like ever been accosted in New York. And the funny, another funny story was speaking of my rich friend. He was saying like, I was telling him this story and I was like, I mean, you know who I'm talking about. Um, And I was saying, um, uh, and he was like, oh, you know, I used to get mugged all the time growing up. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I'd be like on the street and I would always get mugged. And I was like, what would happen? Like, what did, were you hurt? And he was like, no, people would just come up to me and they would like ask me for money. And I was like, that's... You're like, that's called being like, <laughs> like they're, they're not, they're not <laughs> mugging you, but he was so terrified. You're like, take everything. Take <laughs> my watch. Yeah, they're like, literally like, I wanted to know if you have a dollar. <laughs> I was like, that's not oh. getting mugged. He was like, it was, it was harrowing. <laughs> um, speaking of quiet luxury and the um, undeniable perseverance of uh, old white men, Brad Pitt's sort of joke of a skincare brand, Le Domain, um, has landed its first U.S. retail partner. Blue Mercury is taking oh. the brand in. It's going to be in 20 doors starting this week, and it's, take, it's taken all four products prices from 209 to $242. This is all according to Women's Wear Daily. And the president of the brand, or the co-founder, Mark Perrin, says, quote, we are building the business slowly and quietly. We want our story to be understood. We are very natural. We are limited in our footprint of our product. Did you also know that those hideously ugly caps are made from upcycled... This is not the quote from the president anymore. (laughs) The caps are made from upcycled wine barrels. I think I remember that at the time. That is... God, rich, rich... Old men really love. Anyway, this is Brad Pitt's skincare brand, obviously. Yeah. What's Mark? So, what's Mark's background? Mark Perrin. His family owns the, the vineyard. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. So, and the the head of merchandising at Blue Mercury, Tracy Klein, says that it's actually not you know the Brad Pitt of it all that attracted them to the brand. It's quote the brand's science backed formula. Oh no, sorry, this is not a quote. <laughs> Uh, but it's their science-backed formulations. And then this is the quote. What they hit all mean? the great points. What the story, the ingredients, being environmentally conscious, patent-pending ingredients. It just is I so... feel sorry for anyone who spends their money on this. It's so empty. Also, what's going on with Blue Mercury? I don't know. I haven't been in one in probably 10 years. There's one down the street from me, but you know what? They're next door to Bigelow Pharmacy, which is like 
far superior if you're going to like yeah. do a little beauty shopping. Anyway, right. um, can we talk about... <laughs> I was so sad that this came out right after we recorded. But did you watch Hillary Baldwin's infamous new workout video? No. Really? What is she doing? That didn't hit you? She's writhing around. First of all, and maybe I'm... Maybe I'm, this is inside baseball for a lot of people, but Hilaria Baldwin is married to Alex, Alec Baldwin. And I think we covered it on the pod that she had faked her Not as Spanish heritage. Uh, Spanish as she would have led us to believe. She basically had this like long years, decades long grift of her pretending to be born and raised in Mallorca when in fact she was born and raised in Boston. She was like a fourth generation Bostonian. And but she like took vacation, she like would vacation in Mallorca over like and during she the summer. She speaks and types in a very silly fake Spanish accent. Like it's <laughs> like Sofia Vergara in uh, Modern Family vibes. Who is an actual Latino woman? And, and, there, and, and there's actually the greatest, the greatest Ilaria Baldwin um, clip is the one of her saying, "How do you say cucumber?" It's so, it's so cringy. And then I and know, she doubled she, down on, she doubled down on it. I know, she when I know, when she was called out, she was like, "You know what? I was raised between two cultures, and if you have a problem with that, then that's your problem." But it's and, um, and true the weird story. Thing is, I went to her yoga classes at back the, in the free day place? before she. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't free. Oh. Um, before she met Alec, um, before the sliding doors no moment, way. which would have had the bad vegan married to no Alec Baldwin. Before way. that, she was a yoga teacher, and she was a really good yoga teacher, definitely Spanish. She was doing it then? Yeah. Because my theory no, that was, was like, she yeah, started no, 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 it, it when, when she was trying to get with Alec because he's a known, he has a no big, big time crush on Salma Hayek. Uh, right. I remember that. By the way, not Spanish. Uh, yeah. He's Mexican. I, yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I took her classes. They were always good. She was really nice. Well, um, I thought. Sp- okay. Speaking of, look at this workout video that she, I just sent you. <laughs> so this has been getting a ton of guff. Is that the right word? Is that a word that people use? Um, no. It's just a very deranged, weird video of her in a full-on push-up bra with with her big boobies out and, like, doing very sexual um, gyrations on the floor of her apartment. It, it's, just, it's just weird. And then it, I guess it's hard to understand how silly this all is if you don't understand the lore of Hilaria Baldwin because part of... Which I... It's difficult to comment on because I'm not a mother and I understand that motherhood comes in all in a lot of different forms but part of the other side of her uh grift griftness is that a lot of people think that she's faked all of her pregnancies with her many children her and Alec have like seven kids um and there's a lot of uh speculation that she wears moon bumps that is so crazy i just i just don't want to believe it anyone but the weirdest thing for me is she named all of her kids very spanish names oh yeah they're all named like marcelo like they're gonna have to grow up and realize that like they they have no like spanish lineage and they're all and like yet they have this these remnants as in their names of their mother's grift i mean it's so weird it is weird, but also they're going to have to contend with quite a lot of inherited trauma. 
Oh, yeah, just having Alec Baldwin as their father. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Okay. What about, we did, I thought we, we, we forgot to talk about this last week, but Aubrey Plaza, everyone's favorite, like, who's been sort of like the internet's favorite actress in the last like couple of years, made a misstep. And her misstep was a sponsored post or like a promotional campaign with Got Milk. Where she basically made a like pretend uh, campaign for wood derived milk, and it like it was like a, one it was like a, it was trying funny, to be a dig at uh, like dairy alternatives. Milks. That so was like big, yeah, big, like just stick with the real paid, thing. Yeah, big dairy yeah. basically paid Aubrey Plaza to do this, like, like you know dig like wood silly, milk like, but it was like but it was it. it was done in a very like they didn't want people to like at first you didn't know whether it was real or fake it was supposed to be like really kind of like internet-y in that way mm-hmm. and it really backfired on her because the commenters had a field day with her taking money from big dairy <laughs> um and the sort of like environmental and uh yeah you know, cows socioeconomic i don't know i hate like this the, word just the dairy industry I really hate this word. I hate all bathroom humor, but cows farting. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Is the biggest problem that we face as (laughs) our truly the methane that cows, that's truly it. It's such an issue that we have that's going to like cause the end of the world. Is it not the food that we're giving the cows that makes them have gas? Oh, we should just give all the cows gas acts? Yes. Yeah. Or like. You know what? They probably haven't thought of that. We should tell them. That idea is free. Anyway, I just think it's, yeah, it's a total misstep. It's weird. And I don't, it's funny that I don't know that people are getting the same criticism for, because Big Diamond too is also doing a lot of like PR work where they're getting celebs and podcasters to talk about natural diamonds. Well, the thing is, is like there, there's been a big movement in the natural diamond world and even the fine jewelry world that like, if you get certified diamonds that they're cruelty free just like by being certified because like there's like a lineage. And I remember speaking with a friend in Belgium who is a jewelry designer and he was saying that's all bullshit because like the yep. amount of like number one, like the amount of like forgeries within mm-hmm. that and also just like the if you like Google, I mean, it's horrible and heartbreaking, but if you Google pictures of diamond mining, there's no way that they're no. like being able to ch- tell what is like, what are fair labor practices and what aren't. Right. And so there's a the human side, but then there's also the environmental side. They're still releasing carbon into the atmosphere when they're mining for diamonds. But also Kate Young pointed out when we did our whole talk about lab grown diamonds is that apparently it takes the same amount of energy to power New York City, the New York City electrical grid for 24 hours that it does to make one lab-grown diamond or something Jesus like that, Christ. allegedly. So that's not, so they're not exact that's because not it takes answer. so much pressure and energy to create it. Listen, if the royal family has done anything right, it's showing how you can repurpose pieces of jewelry and turn them into, you could turn it into a headband, you could turn a big old diamond necklace into earrings, you can refashion it into, they're always repurposing. Do you follow them. Aaron do you follow Aaron Parsons' makeup on TikTok? Yeah, of course. So Aaron oh, on, not Parsons, on TikTok, but on Instagram. Oh, okay. On TikTok, she got into hot water, I think relatively recently, but it could have been last year. I was in a rabbit hole. 
because she like bought this like 18th century African like lipstick holder or something like that. And she was like, isn't this amazing? Like I bought it like from a dealer and like all the commenters were like, that belongs in Africa. Like you like literally stole it from Africa. And she she was like, well, I didn't because I bought it from a dealer who got it <laughs> from Africa or something like that. It was, she like tried to clap back, but it was not. It was like sort of the idea of like, we've pillaged these countries and now like they're in museums, like all of these like, right, right. you know, like British and American museums. We really, we should be giving all of these artifacts back to the countries that we stole them from. She is, um, I think she's starting a makeup museum. We should have her on the pod. Mm, well, I mean, she should definitely send that one back. But she's she's been buying, um, <laughs> she's been buying like Marilyn Monroe's old makeup. She's been buying um, all sorts of like historical beauty. I guess she was, like didn't get. She didn't get the nuance therein. Well, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's buying something that's that like been taken from a culture and a country unceremoniously. You need to give it back. Yeah, if there's colonialism involved, then you might want to reconsider. So, Annie, you brought to my attention. There's there's two big concerts that I'm just all I'm the only content I'm seeing uh, uh, right now is either the Taylor Swift. Era's concert or the Beyonce Renaissance tour and Blue Ivy as her backup dancer, but sort of like front up dancer. Um, this was regarding Taylor Swift. You found a Reddit thread wherein a very, very uh, patient and diligent sleuth figured out that Tangle Teasers was like paying for influencers to go see the Taylor Swift concert and somehow integrate Tangle Teasers into their... Yeah, they had like a box at one of her shows. Were they disclosing that it was sponsored content? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, they had, you know, uh, oh, oh. influencers being like, oh, thank you, Tang- Tangle Teaser, for sending me to Taylor Swift's... And it, it was just so... It's so heavy-handed and weird when we were talking about influencer trips last week. It is so weird just being like, uh, you know, still enjoying a, some, a trip somewhere and then tagging a random brand. Like, it's very, very weird. I don't know. It's, I not just, like, it's not like Taylor Swift is like a known Tangle Teaser, like ambassador or anything. Yeah, it's weird to have brands like create these moments around them that feel so disjointed but anyway so well, what's had- funny is like these budgets that still exist for these types of activations which i guess perhaps get the brands more followers which i think is what this reddit thread was talking about how many like the big spike in followers that tangle teasers got but ultimately like are the, is that driving sales like no the the, the thread the- was the she found that they only they only got like 109 new followers after oh, they sent it, several it, influencers it. which you know on a very expensive night out to see Taylor Swift um but you know then the other people on the thread are are of course saying you know well I work in marketing and it's about exposure it's not about the number of followers you get Da-da-da-da. because have you ever used um what is the uh, Hudson, Dash Hudson? EMV. Is that what it's called? No, no. EMV is like the metric that means earned media value, um, okay. which is like 
they put a dollar, they like assign a dollar amount to like an activation. I don't even know who does it. Like some startup. Yeah, I mean, they anyway, have, yes. they have, they have all these Hudson ways of justifying a social analytics platform. Yeah, and they have all these ways of justifying like spending money on influencers, even if you don't get a bunch of followers, even if you don't get a bunch of likes, even if you don't get. But a bunch here's of how. Here's the equivalent dollar amount that would have cost for this marketing. Right. To pay for it to like run an ad or something. Which I guess is true. I, I think measuring brand awareness is is a lie. It's a joke. I think brand awareness is a real thing, but like being able to assign value to it and measure it is like you can only I, mean, I the only yeah. thing that matters to me as someone who has done this for years is is sales. It's sales. Yeah, but like I think some companies just have too much money. Money. Um, because once when I was consulting for Yahoo during the gravy train years of Marissa Mayer mm-hmm. before before the belt tightening and all of that, um, I remember one time I was on the Good Morning America, I think Good Morning America in like a fashion segment. They like Yahoo PR asked me to do this like segment. And then the next day I got a report that was like, you know, Nick's appearance was worth $1.5 million in in earned media value. I'm like, what? Probably. I could see that. But it sounds more like justifying, like, the cost of the PR agency. True. Or something. I mean, that is... You know what I mean? Of, like, $1.5 million, like, <laughs> yeah, of what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, to who? Of what? It's not like sale. It's not like people are... Maybe they are going to Yahoo because of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to talk briefly about arts and culture. Specifically, um, The Idol. Did you watch the trailer? I mean, I watched a very early trailer. The official trailer really, I don't... just came out. And have you been keeping up with the chatter since it premiered at Cannes? I, it's not. This is the Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd in a sort of Britney Spears-esque story of the rise of a pop star and her Svengali-like manager played by The Weeknd. It's a it's Sam Levinson uh, created, who created Euphoria, and it's very controversial already because of rumors from the set of, like, uncomfortable scenes and gratuitous sex and... You know, things like that, basically. It's right? hard to separate the actual narrative of the show, which is meant to, I think, um, tell a story of some of of, uh, of this pop star who is very much like like over sexualized, taken advantage of in every like disgusting way possible by the people that are surrounding her and trying to profit off of her. And it's hard to separate the stories from that are in the show from the stories that actually happened on set at this point, <laughs> because there's been all these accusations of, I think the old, some of the old production team like switched over when uh, they brought on the weekend or Abel Tesfe, I think that, that that's how you pronounce his name um, to actually do more on, in terms of production and writing and like as a creator of, of the series. Um, like apparently the, a lot of women, a lot of the women that were working on it left at that point And like, then he came in and it became even more talk. It's weird. The show has been in production, it seems like, for a really long time and it has been harrowing. Well, because the, there was an original showrunner who was a female director who I guess had, like, directed a, some of the first season and then left and they scrapped the entire thing. 
Oh, wow. It, it was the person, I believe, who wrote that Carrie Mulligan movie, Promising Young Woman, or directed oh, it, okay. I think. Mm-hmm. And then they brought on The yeah. Weeknd, and then it became like a total... No, no, like, and then they brought in... cocky fest. <laughs> Truly, there's like the... the After Cannes, everybody was talking about how the, the most gratuitous and troubling visual or scene that they saw was... Um, Lily Rose Depp's character, I think her name, what's her name? Like Jocelyn? Jocelyn. I don't know. Um, with with cum on her face. Ugh. And people are saying, you know, oh, as an actress, why would you want that out there? But she's French and it's very like, not that Monica Bellucci is French, but she, if you think back to the Gaspard Noy, what was the movie where um oh, there's like that rape scene? It, anyway, it's very like oh, gratuitous. um uh in Indescri- I want to say like incredible, but like irreversible, irreversible. You know, irre- irre- irreversible. So I think this is like almost like a rite of passage for like f- French actresses that take themselves very that want to be very serious in the French film world. I mean, there's tons of other movies where it's the same thing. It's just like very gratuitous, like violence against women. I just watched the movie Possession, and that even was like. By the way, incredible fucking movie. It's a total fever dream. You have to watch it if you love like old Berlin, like the architecture. It's just beautifully shot. But the actress in it, who I have a total like woman boner for, what is her name? You have to you have to look up this movie. She's gorgeous. It's the whole movie. Possession. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, oh, Isabella Johnny, um, and she actually won. I think the. Uh, the best actress at Cannes when this film came out. But man, she physically put herself through it in this movie. It is exhausting to watch. Can I, hold on, can I fact check myself? The original director of the first few episodes of The Idol was not the woman who created Promising Young Woman. It was a woman named Amy Simetz who co-directed, co-wrote, and produced The Girlfriend Experience, the TV show. Thank you for that correction. Very quick. Yes. Right on it. Um, question. As a Euphoria fan, are you yep. looking forward to watching The Idol? Are you... No. Here's my thing. And this was all... You know, this is sort of my thing with Euphoria, which is that the world is burning. Life as we know it is in its, you know, golden years. And so many people are suffering. The Earth, chief among them. The Mother, mother Earth, I mean, chief among them. And so I don't really want to watch things that are like showing the sort of depravity of humanity. I don't want to. But I don't, that's how like, I feel I don't about Euphoria, that. and you loved it, right? And like I think I got, I've got. That's why I started it four years later. Like I needed a little bit of distance from that moment in time. You know what I mean? And okay. like then, like with this sort of like objective distance, I was able to like watch it and sort of not feel as though it was like happening in real time. The Idol, there is something to Sam Levinson's work which does feel voyeuristic because he's not of the milieu that, like, he's documenting in Euphoria. Like, it's this very sort of, like, suburban middle class. Well, what's his background? Um, he was the, He's the son of the Academy Award-winning director Barry Levinson, oh, who directed yeah, no Diner idea. and Rain Man. Mm. Um, iconic, really, really talented director, and which is actually not to take away from I think Sam 
Levinson has done really amazing filmmaking, mm-hmm. but that's not, you know, it just, it, if you take it from the context of like someone really, like a really, really rich, privileged writer, director, like showing how depraved the middle class, suburban middle class can be, it's like a little bit weird. Like there's mm-hmm. something weird about that. Not that you have to be of the thing you, you know, are creating, but also it just left a weird taste in my mouth. Similarly with the idol. I mean, I guess he's more from that world of like power and fame and greed and all those things. Um, and also the, the thing that I think people need to remember when watching it is like Lily Rose Depp, as you said, like she's kind of, she's cool with it. She hasn't said anything about being uncomfortable. It's other people projecting that onto her. Right. Right. I think there is that kind of savior complex that the internet can. Yeah. It's like, she's good. She's okay. She's like, not, she's happy. Like she, and who knows what's going on inside of her head, but like seemingly. Well, that's what, that's what I was saying earlier. I think the discourse around like what actually happens in the show, like the, the, um, the fictional stories are getting mixed in with the uh, drama that apparently happened in creating the the idol because in the um, in the show apparently they're shooting a scene with with the character Jocelyn and they um, there's like an intimacy coordinator or choreographer that they lock in a different room so that then they can like be like start getting really demented with her and like not have anyone um, you know it's protect sick. her I from. Just, like- I don't want to watch yeah. that. I'm trying to think of like something like a sick film to compare it to that. I mean, Clockwork Orange, there's a ton of rape in that movie. I don't, I have never seen it. to watch. Um, I need to hang out with your brother more. I haven't seen that movie. I mean, my brother's not like a rape film specialist. No, no, but it's, just, I watched well, that Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Clockwork Orange, I feel like is one of those movies that like anyone who considers themselves a connoisseur of culture like has to have seen don't you think i mean there's movies that i just can't like a lot of kubrick films are that way but like sitting through 2001 space odyssey i'm just like that feels like something that like as like a girl or a gay guy you're like having to sit with like a straight person being like isn't this fucking amazing and you're like i did i did by myself on sunday watch schindler's list for the first time which is an incredible film. Incredible. And it is incredible that it can make you have such a like hard on for a Nazi. Liam Neeson. Oscar Schindler. Oh, what the other thing I was gonna say, speaking of two thousand one a space odyssey, are Do you know we Liam watching Liam Neeson, by the way, is six four? Like no, but... you know when you you know when you see an actor and you're just like, This guy is like so like ugh, it's like oh like everything. And, is that a good then, oh or a bad oh? It's a good. It's and I've oh. never felt this way about Liam Neeson. I mean, I'm like Star Wars, but what a taken. I'm like Was he in Star Wars? Yeah, he played a guy with the oh my God, had like a beard and long hair and he had like a little like Oh, in the mo- new Star Wars. In the new Star Wars. Yeah, I think yeah. it was in one of the like nineties Star Wars. Like the the um Natalie Portman Star Wars. Right, right. Not the Disney Plus Star Wars. But um No, like the Jar Jar Binks Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but then I but then uh, when he played Oscar Schindler, I was like, Holy shit, he's so attractive. I love everything yeah. about his face. I love everything about his like 
He's an incredible actor. And and then and then I and then you Google them and you're like, how how not? I'm I guess I'm just a terrible horrible person right now. But you know how tall? Oh, are I thought you were gonna say a terrible whore. How tall are they? No, I'm not a terrible whore. No, um, you're not. And I was gonna say that's I'm a very talented whore. Talking, and yes, they. And 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 then you Google them, it's and then horror. they become a real person. You know, what I mean? like like Tom Cruise, for instance. Like he's incredible. He is an incredible actor. He is incredibly brave. They don't brave. make them. They don't make them. They, they, they don't never make did, like and they Tom never Cruise. will again. Tom Cruise is singular in his talent. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. You know then, who else I would add to that list? Who? Julia Roberts. Well, she, but then she counts for this, what I'm about to say about Liam Neeson, where it's like you look up Tom Cruise and you're like, oh, he's human because he's like short and you can tell he's insecure and he wears his little heels or whatever. Um, And he has this like weird teeth thing. Like people, you know, like to tear him down. But you Google Liam Neeson, it's like, what is it? He's good. You can't, you, there's like. (laughs) He's 6'4". He's, but like, how is he real? How is he real? I mean, he really had a late or like mid to late career renaissance with Taken and like that whole franchise. And now he like makes all these movies that are basically the same like n- story as Taken, but like in different places. Mm-hmm. And like people that. Keep taking, people keep taking things from him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's no, it's true. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Are we watching the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion? Like, are we Team Melissa? Are we Team Teresa? Where are we on that? I I tried to do. I was like cleaning my apartment. And I had some Real Housewives on in the background. New Jersey just got too. Anno- I couldn't do it. I just. It's too thick with just. It's it's really garbage. toxic. I just don't care. Like the women, I just have nothing. Not, but other there's other Real Housewives that I can be like, oh, but hold I on. But so you're it. not you don't have an opinion either one, Melissa or Teresa. Well, here you 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 which you team Trey team you you okay. tell me what so you think. my opinion is I think Louie is a scoundrel and a <laughs> and a total I think that and I feel like I'm this is not an original perspective that I have but I think he is intent on alienating Teresa from her family so that he has more sort of like control and influence of her, um, over her. And so I think that about Louie. I think Teresa is like fantastically uh, dim, right? Like I don't think that she's particularly like I, I watched a very troubling episode of Watch What Happens Live where, where Teresa was on with Andy Cohen and they played a game where it was basically like three syllable words. Like, did she know what they <laughs> me- meant? It was one of the most disturbing yeah. episodes of So television. I don't think, so I just like that said, you know, I don't think Melissa, I think Melissa and Joe wanted to be famous and like wanted to be on the show. But I also don't think, I think that there may be a little bit, a little, like I think Melissa is a little bit smarter than Teresa. And that might, that might, I don't know if that puts her in the hero or villain position, but I just think maybe she's a little bit smarter and it's just sort of like, what do you, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Um, I don't think that Joe and Melissa don't want Teresa to be happy. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I guess I, you know what? I guess it turns out I don't <laughs> I really have an opinion either way. I didn't know that you were such a New Jersey fan. I mean, I am, I watch, I even if I don't watch a show on Bravo, like Summer House or Winter House, like I know, you know, I know enough to get by in a cocktail conversation. Interesting. 
Maybe not winter and summer house, but like I know who Shep is, and I don't, and I've never even watched Southern. Oh, I would see him on Raya. Charm. Like, ugh, ugh. No, that feels like a venereal disease. To say, like, you know what I mean? I did meet Whitney in Can. <laughs> Whitney Rose. No, the Shep's friend. Oh, 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 not Whitney Rose from Salt Lake. <laughs> oh my God, we buried the lead. What do you know? <laughs> So this week, Elizabeth Holmes reported to prison. She is going to the same prison that Jen Shaw is currently fucking running. I know. I, can, I feel like I can feel their presence because I'm in Texas right now. I'm like I mean, surrounded Jen by Shaw girl boss is energy. 100% running that prison at this point, right? Apparently the prison she warden, is. Did you the hear prison that warden works for her. No, did you, hear, did you hear that Jen Shaw started um, a... Uh, a theater production started production <laughs> on a theater with with her fellow inmates, and in fact, in fact, and it's it's production is a bit delayed because she needs she is in the process of teaching some of her fellow um, inmates on how to read. Oh God! Wow, I thought you were going to say like how to scam, <laughs> like elderly. That comes next. Their <laughs> but <laughs> first, you have to learn how to read, and then you can read a script on a phone <laughs> to an elderly person. And steal all their retirement savings. Um, I know, but God bless. But like, I was like, I wonder, honestly, I know people are saying AI is going to be the end of the world. To me, I'm like, if Elizabeth Holmes and Jen Shaw have a few years of uninterrupted brainstorming that they can do, you know, like together out, like beyond the glare of the media, what true evil can they hatch? Do you, can you, what do you think that that scene is going to be like when like Jen's in the lunchroom and she's like kind of girl bossing at the oh, table because she's like head of the prison God. gang? Yes. And, like, and then Elizabeth walks, like Liz. Yeah, Liz, Liz walks, walks in, in all timid. She's like has her little like, what, what color is her hair now? Do you think that Blonde. she. There's pictures of her like reporting to duty, reporting to, for service. What do they call it? Reporting for. If I had your to go sentence. to prison and I had a different hair color than what would you naturally would go grow back out my to hair, your I would. Natural. Well, I would at least get some. I would at least get them to blend out the roots so that when it did grow out. Yeah, yeah, true. No, I don't think she did. I mean, I think it's really weird. Like all of the fanfare around her going to reporting to prison was funny. Like there were these quote unquote paparazzi shots of her taking the family to the beach in San Diego, like the weekend before she reported, and it's like. The paparazzi's not waiting outside of her house. Like, she obviously, like, is orchestrating all of this, like, family stuff to sort of hopefully, you know, speed up her her sentence. I, I've thought about if I... Because, of course, Martha Stewart went to prison, and that was yes. a major yes. moment in my young life in, in terms of realizing, like... But that was so fucked up, no actually. Like there, the we sh- there should be like a whole podcast about Martha Stewart going to prison because didn't like some of the people who were also implicated in that insider trading scandal not go to prison? She was like, but she didn't rat anyone out. She's not a fucking rat. She's not a fucking rat. I, I, I mean, I do she love didn't. Martha Stewart. I um, also but- love that, like prior. To her going to prison, she was like someone who like, if the internet existed in the way that it does now, like the internet hated her. Like she was like, there were like rumors about her mistreatment of staff and like, just like being like the worst person. And then she goes to prison. She starts making like quilts with inmates and like kind of like it mellows her out and she becomes friends with Snoop Dogg. Like this whole sort of like new arc after, like she was just considered like 
you know, but were like thought think, of as just Do you think that like her terrible. personality changed or do you think that people just wanted to tear her down because she was a successful woman that had like really high standards and probably like held people accountable to those standards? And- yeah, I mean, I think I think the same could be said of like Ellen where it's like would, you know, a guy in the same position who was being demanding in particular and X, Y, Z, like, you know, be criticized the same way or would he, would it be looked at differently? I don't know who's to say. Uh, no, I'll say no. I mean, I wouldn't. think like, I think if you were in a, if you were an assist, like a photo assistant on a Martha Stewart shoot, I get, I bet she wasn't nice to you. I bet it was not a pleasant experience. Like, I feel like we can all admit that. But also it's like, it's not like that what, wasn't Who's to say true. what is quote unquote nice? Like what? She didn't, you know, ask how you were doing that day. She didn't ask what your dog's name was. Like she just like had a very transactional like interaction with you because you're at work and that's what you do. So are you I, saying, are you like anti-cancel culture? Uh, you're like, do you think that, do you think that all the kids these days are just snowflakes? I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not all of them. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Not all and of them. If you're no, going not to leave all, but... a review that is critical of any of the um, opinions expressed by Annie on this podcast, make sure to leave it as a five-star review. You can say whatever you want under that five stars. Just make sure to give it those five those five stars. That's fine. I don't read the reviews anyway, so you can say whatever they want. Well, you know, all I, I care say about I, it's pretty 50-50 in terms of criticism. I know. I know. Well, so speaking of patrons, we need to wrap it up. I have to go. I have to go. But patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. This week, I will, I'll be doing a house tour. Yes. Exclusive yes. to Patreon. I think I'm going to upload um, a, a brush cleaning tutorial. Ooh. And should we start doing feet pics? I don't know that they just want an idea, that from just us. an idea, just an idea. Anyway, patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. Your support means everything to us. It allows us to continue making this podcast. And um, like which, we you know you yeah. you guys know that we like are too um self-conscious and so no, it's not self-conscious. What are what are we? We we care too much Private about our personal image. image to like try to like embarrass ourselves and be influencers on the internet, but we do want to like deep down. And so this is us uploading all that content in a place where like only people that we trust and like, we know like, like us Mm -hmm. can see it. Mm -hmm. Um, Good point. Eyewitness Beauty edited and produced by Wes Haas. I think that's the only credit we really need to give at this point. We love Danny Prezant too. Oh, we love Danny Prezant who came up with our theme music. We'll see you next week. Patreon. Simon. Simon Abronowitz did our album art. See you next week. Bye.